Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this moment, a time to, to be together, to be in your presence, to be inspired and encouraged, to look up to you. And guys, we, we dig into the word this morning. I pray that you will um, give us ears to hear that you will eliminate the distractions, that you will ease the worries, that you will um, clear the minds and the concerns that we bring, our, bring in with us, and that we can hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Wilson Alwyn Bentley was a bit of a flake. Uh, not in a bad way, though. Uh, he was flaky, but it was because he lived in Vermont and was fascinated by the snow. He fell in love with the idea of snowflakes and, and trying to, to understand and study the, the different patterns of snowflakes. And so over the course of his career, he, he photographed and pu- published more than 5,000 snowflakes trying to, to study and, and uh, test the hypothesis that no two snowflakes were alike. The thing is, he lived from 1865 to 1931, so imagine the technology of photography that he's dealing with, as he would take a snowflake and put it on a piece of black felt and look at it under a microscope and find ways to photograph 5,000 of those. He wrote this, he said, every crystal was a masterpiece of design, and no one design was ever repeated. When a snowflake melted, that design was lost forever. Just that much beauty was gone without leaving any record behind. Imagine looking at those snowflakes. His obsession with it gave him the nickname Snowflake. Now today, snowflake is, is more of a reference to a whiny millennial, um, somebody who um, is easily offended. I'm not saying all millennials are whiny, but the whiny ones are called snowflakes, right? And so we're not talking about snowflakes in that way, so we'll just kind of move past that. But we're going to talk a little bit about the uniqueness and the mastery that comes behind a snowflake, When I say we're all snowflakes, it's looking at at the fact that we are a miracle of beauty, that we are a masterpiece of design. We have a creator, and no no one design is ever repeated. Some of us may be a little irregular. Um, but some of us have some different shapes around us as we think about how we are designed. But even the irregular human beings, which is all of us, we are still miracles of beauty, that we're, we're shaped uniquely by a loving creator. And so this month we've been spending time in the Psalms, and today we get to Psalm 27, which we, we read earlier. I want to spend a minute reading through it again as we listen to these words of encouragement given to us. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advanced against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, 
This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At this sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is an incredible song that is sung. Talking about the the difficulties of life and in the midst of those difficulties of life, seeing God as a stronghold, seeing God as a place of refuge, seeing God as one that you can securely rest in. The opening words of of verse 1 give an introduction to the whole psalm. It says, The Lord is the light of my salvation. The light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? This question, who? Who should I fear? If, If the Lord is the light of my salvation, is there anyone to be feared? Is there anything to be feared? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? If God is my stronghold, is there anything that I should be afraid of? If he is what I hold to, and he is the one that is protecting me, then should I be afraid? If we are God's created, if we are precious, if we are unique, if we are fragile like snowflakes, designed by him, each and every one of us unique and irregular at the same time, is there anything to fear? If God cannot preserve us, then we are just blown about in the winds at risk of being lost, at risk of melting away, disappearing forever. And so these opening lines really summarize for us this entire psalm and sets up this choice for us. There is the choice of faith, and there is the choice of fear. Shall we have faith? And seeing God as the light of my salvation, should we see God as being the stronghold, or do we entertain the question of whom shall I fear and start filling in all the blanks? When asked the question, who do you fear? What do you fear? Is it just a simple blank page? 
it's really easy for us to start identifying things that we're afraid of. As we look at, at how fragile we are, it's easy for us to find things to be fear, fearful of. We're vulnerable to physical illness, uh, to emotional stress, to relational breakdowns, to, to economic pressures, and to a spiritual crisis. We're vulnerable to all of these things that, that lead to fear. We can fear each of these things. And sometimes we feel like that delicate snowflake that is quick to melt and disappear forever. But this psalm gives us this choice. Will you choose faith or will you choose fear? We can make the choice to fear or we can make the choice of faith, declaring that God is the light of our salvation, declaring that God is our stronghold. And if we make that faith choice, our future looks very different. A future of faith versus a future of fear. If we put our trust in God, we, we aren't so vulnerable, are we? We, we discover that, that the Lord is the light in the darkness. We discover that our salvation and the, that He is our salvation and the stronghold of our lives. But the key is to surrender, to make this choice, to say, I put my trust in God. I make the faith decision, not in ourselves, not in our abilities, not in our competence, certainly not in our fears. Are we living in the presence of God? Are we living in, in, in God's light? Because he is presence. And he is saying, do not fear. Do not be afraid. The Bible often refers to, to God's face appearing as light. We have this image throughout Scripture. In Numbers 6.25, it says, The Lord make his face shine on you to be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This incredible image of God's face turning towards us and shining down on us. How powerful is it when you, you have a child and we're full of distractions. We're on our phones too much or we're watching TV or whatever and the kid is going crazy and doing whatever. And you turn your face and you make that face-to-face -face contact. Make eye contact. And now my words mean something different. It's no longer noise. It's no longer a distraction. But I'm speaking face-to-face, eye-to-eye. God's face turns upon us. His face shines upon us. And it's in his presence that we dwell. Later on in Psalm 27, it says, Your face, Lord, I seek. I know that his face shines upon me, so that is the thing that I'm going to seek. Now, too often, I'm looking at answers to all the questions of whom shall I fear. I want to fill in that list, right? I don't want to turn my face to God. I want to turn my face to my list of fears. It's like, this is what I'm afraid of. This is what is concerning me. This is what is challenging me. And I turn my face to those things. Instead of turning my face to God that shines upon us, the psalmist says, Your face, Lord, I seek. Do not hide your face from me. 
God, I want to see your face. God, I want to see your face. Do not hide your face from me. And so God continues to to preserve us when we make this choice of faith. Choosing faith over fear is, is a choice that reveals to us that the Lord is our salvation that he is the stronghold of our lives. We, we make this choice of the path we go down, and we discover that if we are, are walking in faith as opposed to walking in fear, that God really is there preserving us, that he really is there as our salvation, as our stronghold. And so after the Israelites were saved from the Egyptians, Moses and his people had this great song in Exodus 15. They said, "'The Lord is my strength and my defense.'" He has, come, he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. I will exalt him. My strength, my defense, he has become my salvation. God has saved us, and in that salvation, our lives and our perspectives are completely transformed. That we're no longer being driven by the fears that consume us. We're now exalting God because we're in his presence. And he is bringing us salvation we see this theme throughout, throughout the Psalms. In Psalm 28, it says, The Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And we choose faith. God is our salvation, saving us from disaster. The Lord is our stronghold, the saving refuge of all who trust in him. This is good news for us. This is good news. That I don't have to walk in fear. I can walk in faith. And so when you choose faith over fear, we were promised God's power and presence, even through all the challenges of life. That God's power and presence is, is with us. We, we live in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, and this isn't an empty house. The owner of the house isn't absent. When we live in the house of the Lord, it's not like a vacation rental by owner, where, where you go into the house and the owner is hopefully gone, because if they're there, that would be weird, right? This is not a vacation rental by owner. This is God's house, and God is here. God is presence. God is powerful. God's face shines upon us. And that's the house I want to live in, in the presence of God. Think about being in, in, in a home and knowing who else is in the house gives you a sense of security. I go up to our family cabin, and if it's just me, there's certain nights where it's, it's a little too dark, and I'm like, it's just me here by myself. What, what could happen if it's just me and nobody knows? <laughs> so there's nobody to protect me, nobody to save me. I go up there with my dad and my family, and it's like, if something breaks, I've got somebody who can fix something. And, and if I sleep in, there's somebody who's going to cook breakfast, right? Because my dad still does that kind of thing right? 
There's somebody in the house taking care of you. There's a sense of peace that I'm not alone. There's somebody that is providing something for me. Even if I, it's, it's not a rational fear that some bear breaks in, although there was a bear on the back porch at one point. But it's not a rational fear that a bear is going to break in. And really, I don't know what my dad being there would help in that situation. But there's this sense of peace around that, right? That you're not alone. We walk into the house of the Lord. We, we dwell in the house of God. And there is a sense of peace there. There's nothing to fear. He's got this. He's got it taken care of. And the things that we think we're afraid of, the things that are consuming us, the things that are, are dragging us down and discouraging us, he's got this. Because we're not dwelling in an empty house. The house I build by myself is an empty house full of fear. But the house of the Lord, no reason to fear there. We are in the presence of God. And that's more powerful than anything. Think of when people try to make decisions about where to live. You know, what zip code has the best, you know, is going to be the best investment or has the best schools? What, what school district are you going to be in? Thinking about, okay, it's, you know, if I, I live on this side of the line, I'll be in this high school. If I'm on this side of the line, I'll be in this high school. And I want to make decisions based on that. Uh, maybe property values are going, going up faster in this neighborhood and less in this other neighborhood. Or, or the crime rate over here is, is not as great or is, is worse over here. And so we're making decisions on real estate about where to live based on all these statistics. And then you see, of course, on Facebook, you know, post after post of, of what the latest ranking is. You know, the best city to raise your kid in, the, the 10 worst cities to raise your kid in, or you know, the best places for fitness, or the best places for singles, or the worst place for singles, or, or you know, what, whatever. It's like we've got all these rankings of cities and the best and worst. Unfortunately, we're often on the worst ends of those lists, right? But does it really matter? when we're living in the presence of God? The kingdom that, that, that we are a part of is, is operating on a different economy, operating on a different security, operating on a different level. And so what do you have to fear? What do you have to fear when we're dwelling in the house of the Lord? Will we have faith or will we live in fear? And you have to wonder, what does God do for those who choose faith over fear? And the psalm spells that out for us. Verse 5 tells us that God will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. And so when we're living through faith, instead of living by fear, God is going to take care of us. He's going to set us up in his house. He's going, to, he's going to shelter us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to hide us away from the dangers. He's going to put us under the cover of his tent. He's going to set us high on a rock outside of the reach of danger. God's going to offer protection. He's going to offer deliverance in all those who trust in him, keeping them safe from anything that will destroy them. Challenges will arise, though. 
There will be challenges. There will be a crisis. And God's promise is not, a, not an elimination of those things, but a protection from those things. That, that God's promise of protection and deliverance means that we'll never be completely destroyed by adversity. We aren't a snowflake in the sun that is melting and disappearing. God will protect us from those things. But it does not mean that our life will not be without pain, that our life will not be without challenges. Patricia Dahlgren experienced a horror that would cause most people to melt down when her mother was murdered. But she responded with faith instead of fear. And so 12 years after the killing, she, accompanied by a friend, went and spent an entire day in prison with the killer of her mother. And she told the killer about her emotional journey of losing her mother, and the killer told her exactly what had happened, what they had done, and admitted that they were sorry and that they were ashamed of it. And through this meeting of reconciliation, there was healing, both for the victim and for the offender. And Dahlgren told the killer that she forgave him, which was stunning to everyone around, as you can imagine. There will be these challenges. There will be evil there will be darkness. There will be crisis. These things will come along. And so God protects us through those, but, but he does not shield us from suffering. There is a place of suffering in our lives. The, the promise of God's protection and deliverance doesn't, doesn't shield us from the suffering, does not shield us from the pain, but it does mean that the Lord shields and guides us as we move through life's challenges. That we go through these challenges so that we emerge on the other side with unexpected healing and strength. That as we journey through pain, we come out on the other side stronger and healthier. If we will journey through those things in faith and not in fear. After passing through a time of hardship, verse 6 tells us, Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me. I will sing and make a melody to the Lord. That even in the midst of attacks, even in the midst of crisis, even in the midst of challenges, I will rise up and make melody to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord. I will exalt Him even in the midst of the challenges. And so that's probably how Dahlgren felt as she was leaving prison that day, having spent this day with her mother's killer. And if we choose faith over fear, God will lead us to a healing that we did not know was possible. If we choose, if we choose faith over fear, it will rise us up above things that we did not know we could go beyond. And so it does not eliminate pain. It does not eliminate suffering. But if we will walk in faith, there is no place for fear. 
I think each of us can feel like a snowflake at times. Being blown around, in danger of melting. But when storms hit us, how will you respond? There's this great scene in Mark chapter 4 where the disciples are on a boat and they get stuck in a storm. And the storm is rocking them around and they are freaking out. And they're a little annoyed that Jesus isn't doing enough about it. And Jesus gets up and says, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? See, they were, they were choosing fear over faith. And in that, that moment of fear, they, they are looking at the storm that is throwing them all over the place. And Jesus is right there with them. And they're not turning to Jesus. They're looking at the storm. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. Have faith. In Mark chapter 5, when illness strikes, as it struck the people in Galilee, they, they, they were discouraged and, and they, were, they were trying to, to seek Jesus for healing. And they reach out to Jesus and Jesus says, your faith has made you well. In Mark chapter 5, death is threatening the daughter of a man named Jairus. And Jesus says, do not fear, only believe. And so we will face enormous personal challenges. We will face things that will easily be listed on a list of fears. It's easy to answer that question, whom shall I fear? But we choose faith over fear. We trust God instead of ourselves. We depend on him and walk in the light dwelling in the presence of God. And so Bentley was able to photograph these 5,000 snowflakes, each a miracle of beauty, each a masterpiece of design. No design was ever repeated. In 1988, there were two identical snowflakes that were photographed, debunking his hypothesis that no two were alike. But as we look at our lives, we are unique. We have a creator who has designed us and is taking care of us and is watching out for us and wants us to hang out in his house. Wants us to be in his presence, protecting us, comforting us, giving us peace. And so we choose faith over fear. Let's stand together. We're going to spend some time in prayer together now. I want to encourage you to, to use this time to, to move around and pray with one another, to, to pray together as a life group, to um, come forward and, and pray with one of the shepherds, um, seek, seek one another out as we encourage one another. Um, fear is a powerful, powerful thing. Powerful thing. We need to be encouraged day after day, sometimes hour after hour, to remember to walk by faith and not by fear.
So let's join together in this time of prayer. Um, you can stay where you're at and, 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 and spend some time between you and God. I will have this uh, a song as well. Let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, your message of hope. We thank you for the good news that uh, we, um, we live in your house. We are in your presence. And your face shines on us and smiles at us and says, I've got this. God, help us to remember that as we walk day by day with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.